0: Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Shannon Gill. If you listen to season one, you'll remember that she was our first guest ever on this podcast. Shannon has a vast knowledge of astrology and is an influential figure in the astrological community. And since we are approaching the end of the year... And since there are some significant astrological events about to happen, we wanted to have Shannon back on to talk about these events and what's coming next year in 2020. It's always great to have Shannon on because she's someone who lives by her own rules and is committed to her spiritual growth. And you have to admire that in a person. It's obvious that she's a natural teacher and has lots of great knowledge to share with us in this conversation. Now let's go to that conversation already in progress. It's about to be a new year, mm-hmm. and I think people are interested in astrology at that point because they want to know like what's coming. Mm-hmm. And I think I know you can't really say, but mm-hmm. you could give us a general idea of what's happening astrologically. I think so.
1: Yeah. For me, I think of um, towards the end of the year. I you know how weird I am. I go back through all of my journals and I look at what were the themes of this year. What were the key lessons? What do I need to let go of? And then moving into the new year, I start to look at okay, what, how do I want to focus? I mean, you know, obvious things like my business, but but also really, um, particularly my personal growth. What are the key themes that I want to focus on myself? And so that's where I think the astrological influences are important for me to take into consideration. Because again, I think of it like like a weather forecast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm planning to um, Go on a beach vacation then but if it's if where I'm planning to go is gonna be rainy, then I might wanna reconsider um what kind of vacation I'm gonna have this year or where I'm gonna go. And it's something like that for me. Yep. Yes, agreed.
0: I do wanna say first mm-hmm. though that the episode with you it did pique a lot of people's interest. Mm-hmm. And I got I think I got more comments about <clears throat> the two episodes that I did that we did about you or you know there was one where we interviewed you and then the next one i went and had a reading from you and i think i got so much feedback over that because people were just so interested they wanted to hear what was going on with me which kind of surprised me first right. of all but secondly i think they were just like fascinated by the whole process of what you do because it's just so it's not normal you know it's, right. it's it's a very unique thing so um i did want to tell you that people commented on those episodes they liked them a lot and Mm -hmm. you know and you said that people even went to you after that so so thanks for coming back and doing this again Mm -hmm. with us
2: well thank you for having me back on and it is nice to hear that it did invoke some curiosity Uh, it's true it is this mysterious yet very powerful and accurate sacred science that is available to all of us and was actually once a part of everyday existence you know in the beginnings of time and it was you know something that gave us access to direct knowledge and of course we were not as easily controlled whenever we needed um whenever you know the the forces at be wanted to have the reins and whatnot and if we had direct answers and direct control then we would have no need for government or for church and state and so it's been this interesting resurrection of astrology coming back into the field and a lot of my work as an astrologer is not just to help people individually, but to help inform the collective of why astrology is actually an important part of, of civilization, that it's always been there and it's been something that was sort of subsumed by the patriarchy. And so part of my, my work is also just educating people as to the history of, of astrology and why it's so important that it's coming back online so yes we are at the dawn of a new era you know a new decade a new era in the sense that we have some outer planet convergences moving into alignment and so when we talk about astrology aspects and prediction um we're we're really looking at the outer planets so the inner planets right mercury mars venus You know, we we even look at the Earth and the moon as we call them sort of the personal planets. And that's based on the fact that they move very quickly. Right. So like the moon, you know, every 30 days, it goes through all the signs. Mars takes a year and a half to go around the zodiac, etc. When we get past, you know, into like Jupiter, Uranus, Pluto, Neptune Pluto those are the outer planets which are moving a lot slower to put it into perspective Pluto the slowest moving planet and yes it is still a planet it's not a planetoid Um, it's 248 years to go
1: around the zodiac so yes so what you're saying is that these outer planets that um, take a long time to move then it has a, a big impact on us Yes. More so than when the outer or just just differently, so not necessarily longer, more so? It's longer. Mm-hmm.
2: The impact is longer. And they're known as the collective or the transpersonal planets. So like, you know, we have a Mars aspect. And that might affect us for a couple of months. But when we're having a Pluto or a Neptune or a Saturn transit, we're talking about a year to two years. And we're talking about because they're further away. They're, they're affecting change on a more collective level where the personal planets are affecting us more personally. Now, if you have an outer planet contacting a personal planet in your birth chart, that's gonna have a personal effect, but it's gonna last a lot longer than if you're having one of the faster moving planets hit one of your personal planets
0: yeah i'm glad you're reminding us of this because i remember last time you here you were here you touched on that a little bit and i kind of forgot that yeah there's the personal and the collective aspects okay
2: right so it's like cycles within cycles within cycles you know and basically we're doing this dance of evolution as you know i'm an evolutionary astrologer that is a constant regeneration of death and rebirth with the intention that we're sort of spiraling in an upward or forward moving you know uh direction towards more alignment with you know truth with the of who we are which is really spirits having this this physical experience so when we look at and we start asking questions like what can we expect right from this next year then it's important to reflect back on where we've been And so again, cycles within cycles, we can look at 2019 or we can look further back, which is actually more important when we're talking about 2020, because we are moving into a new era where all of these outer planets have been in Capricorn and they're slowly moving towards Aquarius. So
1: that's one of those big leaps. Right. That's the age of Aquarius. The, the age <laughs> of Aquarius. We've been singing this. I was going to say I'll 60s. spare. I almost <laughs> sang it, but I'll spare you <clears throat> from singing it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So right. So it's true. Like it's in the zeitgeist. Everybody's talking about it or heard about it. You know, I find it interesting to to ask the question: Does anybody really understand what that means? When did it start? How long does it last? Right. So then we go back and we talk about the ages. The ages are twenty one hundred something years right so we're talking about an epoch so we are transitioning out of the age of pisces into the age of aquarius the ages actually move backwards in the zodiac so that's an interesting um meditation to think about the contemplation you know well what was the age and this is obviously going to be a simplification based on time that we have today together But some of what I feel is most important about this shift from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius is that Pisces um, was the age of belief, right? We look at Christianity, we look at religion. It was this belief in something outside of the self to bring salvation. Um, And there was also a lot of uh, disillusionment of... Um, abuse of power, manipulation, um, repression of sexuality. Pisces is the two fish moving in separate directions. One fish is swimming towards enlightenment; the other fish is swimming towards um, escape. And so, it's been this interesting shift around um, believing in something outside of ourselves. We look at, you know, Jesus, right, and and Christianity, and it's this this the savior is something that we have to pay homage to you know and we have to feel uh, lesser than and separate from the age of Aquarius is about the return to the unification of wholeness uh, which is you know the 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 statement would be instead of I believe it is I know I am so it's this evolution of understanding that divinity is not outside of us it's actually innate and it's intricately woven into who we are and we are that divine consciousness and so this shift is coming back online around uh this this time of polarity right the fish swimming in opposite directions of masculine and feminine light and dark and and all of these extremities that are the cause of the desecration on the planet at this time and coming back into this higher consciousness and awareness that we actually are all one unitive energetic vibration
1: so is it sort of the dawn before the light or the darkest before the light or something like that Yes. where um it's most polarized more than ever right now because we're finally Trying to look at that and work through that to move to the next era. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I do believe
2: so. And you can look at like other s- systems
1: of astrology,
2: like Vedic, you know, and they talk about the yugas and the Kali Yuga being this dark time, and even the Mayan, um, you know, uh, philosophy is the same thing. They all line up that we're at this very very dark time, you know, and and moving into this more of this golden age. So if we think about The symbolism of the age of Aquarius it's the water bearer right it's Ganymede holding the 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 urn and the return of the sacred elixir the sacred waters the divine feminine back to the planet which has been completely we've been just like sort of sucked dry of the feminine principle um, which is is, this is not a gender issue this is just an energetics understanding that that the masculine feminine are are energies that live within
1: both men and women like the yin and the yang yeah Mm -hmm. exactly
2: so this returning to what is known as the purusha in uh, vedic understanding is the one mind so if we could imagine for a moment what would it be like if we all really understood that we are all connected and we're all connected in this divine um unification of of holy energy of god god goddess consciousness then the decision-making would be derived from that point, right? So when we think about Aquarius too, it also rules community. You know, returning to living in ways in which we're actually supporting each other and the decisions that we make are for the better of all. You know, the Aquarian myth is about us returning to this sort of utopian society. Well, I don't know that that's really exactly going to happen on on, and that sort of might be some wishful thinking, but there is something to understanding that we're needing to uh come together and energetically you know this ascension process right that people talk about is about uh raising our awareness literally to a higher vibration where we not only do we see ourselves as reflections of one another and whatever i do to you i do to myself but also you know on some level it's true that we may start even reading each other's minds and energetically connecting to i mean most people have had that experience of like deja vu or you're thinking about someone and they call like the barrier between self and other. And I'm talking about a 2000 year year span while we're in this age of Aquarius. This is where we're headed. Um, And, you know, there's there's free will in all of this. You know, technology is also ruled by Aquarius. And so it's going to be a matter of who who has the power and authority and and who's in control of how we're going to utilize this these progressive um tools are we going to use them to create sustainable resources or are we going to use them to to dominate and continue to like um desecrate the earth and and ruin our food and you know become robots you know that's another thing that this type of aquarium progress can bring you know with
1: some of the technology so when we talk about these big Collective themes sometimes that can feel sort of overwhelming or frustrated because, like, oh, I can't um, affect whether or not our government um, chooses to uh, believe in climate change or how you know these big things or, or technology. I don't have any impact on <clears throat> the technology that's being created right now. Um, how can we bring it down to a more Empowering personal level of how we can take these themes and apply them into our 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 own lives mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah, because
2: it is easy to become Overwhelmed and and then Collapsed because it feels like it's too much. It's too big.
1: I think a lot of people that that's a good word for how um, a lot of people feel right yeah, now
2: yeah yeah, and And so that's where we get to look at the cycles within cycles within cycles and make it personal, right? So now that I've given sort of a a very, very broad stroke, and so I'm going to be talking about these outer planets moving, you know, into Aquarius. Well, we first look at, um, I mean, I think that if I were to say how many people started experiencing revolutionary change in their life in 2012, most people would have both hands up in the air. You know, that was a huge turning point for everyone. And that was because Pluto, the planet that rules Scorpio, which in archetypal language is the Dark Mother, rules the underworld in the shadow realm, transformation, alchemy, came into a square, which is a 90 degree angle with Uranus, which rules Aquarius. Which has to which is the archetype of the awakener that's here to wake us up, move us forward, right, into this new age of higher consciousness, they were squaring, which is a conflictual aspect in astrology. So basically we started feeling this revolt with this higher consciousness pulling us up, but the the dark underworld also requiring that we surrender into the difficult aspects of our emotional and psych- psychological being. So that's our wounds, our addictions, our attachments, our ego um, uh, gripping and false reality. And so basically, there was this sort of um, opposing energies, you know, up and down. And that was what was. Re- that's what a square is. It's saying we're going to move you forward, but there's going to be like a contrast, and it's going to require that you surrender and do some deep work. So with Pluto and Uranus, we can look back, well, where was this energy derived in the 60s? That's whenever um, the 60s, this revolt started happening, right? With the revolution and equality and and all this stuff around the freedom of sexuality and that liberating energy started coming forth. That's when they were conjunct in the sky in the 60s. They started a new cycle. 45 years later, 2012 they came to a square so if we think about a circle the zodiac is a circle the planets are always orbiting in a circle and some planets move faster than others when they come into contact with each other they're starting a new cycle the pluto uranus cycle is the aspect of our lifetime for uh, for everyone on the planet right now so we're paying very close attention to what they're up to um so in 2012 that's when everybody started having this sort of internal revolution going on
1: yeah i think it's interesting when i think about people in my life um doesn't matter if they believe in astrology or yeah. not these energies were still impacting them i could see and think of so many things that were going on with different um people and i just think well wouldn't it be helpful if they understood what these archetypes and these influences were rather than just feel like um it's fate or not even well they probably don't even believe in (laughs) just like oh life is so hard you know and so i think that it's just it's really helpful to remember that these energies affect everyone just like gravity whether or not you believe in it it affects you so it's good to know about it and understand it yeah i
0: was actually just thinking about that too when she was mentioning 2012 i was like yeah i wonder what was happening with me back then because like you just said I wasn't getting out of it, you know. I was still going through it like everyone else. I probably just wasn't aware of, you know, this different aspect of it. Um, I did want to say something real quick about what you were saying earlier about this change uh, from one age to another. It's almost like there are all these different modalities and these different theories and these ways of thinking where people are recognizing that there is something happening where people are changing, like we are going through a shift, and everyone has different language for it. and a different explanation but it's interesting to see your perspective because you know this is a very tangible thing it's almost mathematical you can just see it uh, and graph it basically but we were talking to another guy um, a couple episodes ago and he talked about the law of one which is this channeled material that came in the 80s early 80s and uh, he says uh, one of the main points of this whole channel material is that we are going through this massive change right now that some of us will move on to what's called, well, all of us actually will move on to what's called um, fourth density. Mm -hmm. And it's actually happening right now. So it's interesting to hear someone else say, yeah, there's an astrological shift happening. There's this density shift happening. It's all related somehow, but kind of boggles my mind that all these different theories and ways of thinking are saying, yes, this shift is happening and you can feel it in your life too.
2: It's validating, you know, that there's these different languages and different ways of expressing the same unitive truth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what's so beautiful about um, everybody can find their own language, their own belief, their own way. Some people like numerology. Some people get direct guidance from spirit, channeled material. It's all beautiful. But, But the thing about astrology that you can't deny that it's true, it is all math. So what's really, you know, You've had Russell on the show before is that that he's actually got his own body of research that proves Astrology to the scientific empirical world and we're moving in that direction where it's it's really going to become more and more undeniable
0: Yeah, definitely So what were we we were talking you were actually explaining something that oh the Pluto thing. Yeah Yeah,
2: so so I'm trying to like take it from the broad stroke now bring it more down into the the now Mm. um and so thank you for bearing with me, because I know that was sort of a, a long intro to, to, to what's going to be happening next year. But I think it actually, that's what Tyana was saying, is that astrology actually depersonalizes our process in a way that where we don't feel like we're going crazy. It's like there's something bigger going on, and we all have a contribution or are a piece of the puzzle to this collective unfolding. And there's cycles, which means there's time frame. So if you're going through a Pluto transit, say Pluto's on your Moon in your chart, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a death and a rebirth, and it's going to end. It's a two-year cycle. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, instead of thinking I'm going to have to, you know, go to the loony bin, you can be like, let's let's just do the work that Pluto requires, which is letting go, surrender. But back to where we are coming coming into the now. Um, So this rapid, massive change started really coming online around 2010, 2012, and really was wrapping up around 2015. And so basically, it was a decay of everything that is false and a a, a pretty accelerated awakening to these higher laws and principles that we've been pointing to. And then since then, it's been sort of like getting more and more downloads of knowledge and how to make it real, how to make it, bring it into form. It's, it's kind of like in the 60s, you know, our parents, they were sort of this, the radical sort of seed planters of this higher consciousness, but there wasn't any ground that they could really, really make it into something solid they they were here to bring forth this energy but then they just at the end of the day had to you know put the joint down and go back to work (laughs) so now we're like wow this is there's something to all this woo woo right this isn't just like you know us on the fringe this is actually the truth of reality and and a lot of like consensus and um the the norm within the masses is a a step in the evolutionary path where we're my opinion i will say if have been sort of indoctrinated and controlled by the the higher forces the government to believe in something that is self-serving on their behalf and not necessarily self-serving personally uplifting unitive and best for the individual and the family and the community so there's there's hardly any time at the end of the day just to survive in our system which based on productivity and you know consumerism speed rapidity to to tap into the these more natural spiritual energies and really uh, make space for why we're really here so we're kind of in this time where there's a shift going on where there there's the pendulum is swinging more towards the spiritual the intuitive the feminine um out of severity you know things are also the 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 intensity on the planet is heating up and we do live in a law of duality so that is going to force the light also to shine brighter because if we don't do something and make better choices on the planet we're going to be in hot water and who's to say that we're not already not already in it and can't really get our way out of it but but my point is just that we have now arrived at this time where we can begin to live those principles and create a, a life, a new life rhythm, create sustainability on the planet within our communities, and sustain ourselves monetarily, make money doing these things that are actually regenerative and holistic.
1: Yeah, what you were saying about our society and how it takes so much of our time and energy just to survive. And, you know, we have these values of productivity. It made me think of a couple episodes ago when we talked about me being in a cult. It's a very, it was a very similar model of disempowerment because you were so, they, they give you something to do and you feel like, oh, this is what I need to do um, to be a good member of this society. And you get so caught up in doing it that there's no time or energy left really for you to connect with your higher self or your deeper knowledge and wisdom and it would be easy just to kind of get caught in that trap and be like oh well that's not my fault it's just society but we really are in a time now where if you choose you can unplug from that and you can you have to take some risk to create something new but it's all possible for you, like you're saying, to create these sustainable communities and this whole other way of being. But we have to, rather than waiting for somebody else to do it for us, which might have been the old era, we're expecting these organizations and the government and society to do it for us. Now we're learning, uh, maybe that's Aquarius, I don't know, that we're learning, but we have to become empowered to create it within ourselves and within our own community.
2: Exactly, and so that's a good point to segue now into where we are with these outer planets so Pluto which I've mentioned a couple of times the slowest moving planet has been now in Capricorn since 2008 Um, Capricorn is our government Capricorn is the structures and the foundation of our world so so Pluto moving in there it's been this sort of slow decay and just this sort of revealing of the shadow within our system right so saturn has now joined uh pluto in capricorn in 20 i think at the end of don't quote me on this but i think it was at the end of 2017 uh saturn rules capricorn and its qualities are uh karma Like, oh, okay, now it's this kind of a karmic time of whatever's been going on. Um, It's about integrity. It's about um, being in alignment. And so I'm pointing to the outward, like the system, the structures of our world with also the understanding that as within, so without, what's going on outside is simultaneously going on inside. We also have a structure and a foundation and a root system. So basically you can use your intuition and you can meditate upon, well, what in my life, what structures or what what have I been standing on? Is it solid? Is it real? Is it of integrity? And if not, if there's crevices and cracks in the foundation, they're going to be revealed during this time with there is no getting out of it basically with Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn. We are being forced. And so, like you were saying, you know, like that now's this time we can unplug from the system. It's very likely that the system is going to crumble, so it's not just that we have a choice and this is the better way. It's it's a necessity for us to learn survival skills, and not out of a place of fear, out of a place of sustainability. So this is where, like you know, going back to communal living or you know, trading and bartering and growing our own food and you know, working with the elements and the resources and the way to be you know self regenerating. These are these are things that not only are going to help us sustain the planet, but they're going to be, I think, necessary for survival if things hit a tipping point and, you know, the lights go out and all of a sudden we don't have, you know, this is an extreme and I'm not trying to be in a fear place, but like food on the shelves for a period of time because, you know, everything could actually completely collapse, you know, it could be through war or what, who knows. So, but we have to remember that it's always darkest before the light. And if things are out of alignment, if we have been off track, which we have been, those things actually have to die, right? So it's not a, it's not about going into fear. It's about empowering yourself. And the more in my life that I've done my deep personal alchemy and work and gone into, I feel I've been informed that we're on track and we're actually going to be just fine and that this is all a necessary part of the evolution. And so these planets now in Capricorn, they're doing this sort of slow um, destruction of everything that's false. Jupiter has just joined on December 2nd. Jupiter is the planet that rules Sagittarius, which has to do with higher consciousness. So now all of a sudden we have these like really intense planets, like doing this sort of, um, you know, demolition on everything that is, corrupt and um out of alignment and now we're getting the largest planet coming in to bring expansion and higher consciousness and higher wisdom so now all three of these planets are together
0: so are you saying that in 2020 there could be some of these types of events happening like this um you're talking about um our government structures crumbling and um like you know war and you know maybe possible you know big changes like things you know food not being on the shelves maybe are some of these going to be hap- some of these types of events happening in
2: 2020 I don't really want to do any predictions as far as anything specific and I think no I think uh my sense is that the, things could get more extreme, but it's not necessarily going to happen in the immediate. I'm talking about a longer span of time and these are this is where free will comes in. This, these we have to always look at um, the, all possibilities and potentials. and this is where doing our personal work, like you were saying, well, what can we do? You know, if if there's no separation between the the micro and the macro then it's actually extremely important that we are filling those cracks in the foundation in our own lives and that we're moving more towards sustainability and harmony
1: i really like hearing about the theme of um integrity and to me like that's um you know and i think it's being integrity with yourself and authenticity Uh, Because I think for myself, I've been a little frustrated that our society seems not in integrity in a lot of ways. Um, On the micro level, you know, people don't seem to follow through. They don't walk their talk. You know, people ghost and people don't do what they say they're going to do. And then on the macro level, of course, that's true with these different organizations in our government. In certain ways before I was thinking to myself like because I've been looking at these themes as well and thinking like oh no it's very important to me that I always try to be um, someone of integrity but I started realizing even like again going back to this episode where I talked about being on the in the cult being an integrity means um, kind of putting it all out there and not being afraid of really being who I am and not being ashamed of who I am and um, being really free to be me, my woo-woo self or whatever, in all the different areas of my life. And so I think sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's this great opportunity for people to really free themselves by not hiding who they are or making sure that are they really you know, living their life in integrity. If you believe this one thing, but you're working at a job that you hate and you're not fulfilling your whole potential and purpose, then you're not fully in integrity. So I think it's this wonderful opportunity to free yourself Mm -hmm. and to, because that's what it's been for me at least. So I try to look at it in this positive way Mm -hmm. rather than this scary way.
2: Yeah, I mean, great point actually. That is one of the main, I think, patterns that we're going to see with now jupiter coming online with capricorn jupiter is like the guru energy it's like higher knowledge coming into capricorn which is all about integrity and you know the false prophets are going to be you know exposed um which we see that in the spiritual circles all the time you know that whole that whole system of hierarchy within even spiritual um uh, organizations is is an old paradigm. But, you know, look what's going on with our president right now. I mean, everything's being revealed, and I don't want to get into politics, but you can just see the patterns. And then, even in our spiritual uh, consciousness community, there's a lot of people that are um, spouting facts and, and knowledge and, um, you know, philosophy and not an integrity in their lives, which is mm-hmm. what you were saying. And you know, that's just, this is not people, the energies are not going to give way for that anymore. It's really gonna be about, well, are you practicing that in your life as well? So we're basically all being called to the carpet. You know, spiritual materialism runs rampant. And I feel that mm-hmm. it's just a level of evolution. It's like, oh, you wake up and you have all these, like these peak moments. And yet it's not yet been integrated and the ego is still sort of running the show and thinking like, wow, I am so enlightened and, you know, and it's okay. Like, it's just it's a step on the on on the evolutionary path. And then it's like, well, that's when, you know, we do the deep Plutonian work and we actually look at ourselves. So that brings me to, I think, a good time to start talking about um, this, this moment, like tomorrow is the full moon in gemini which opens the eclipse portal so an eclipse portal is well we have eclipse season twice a year so our last one this year was in january and now we're coming into the second they're six months apart eclipses are when there is the sun or the moon is conjunct the nodal axis it's not important to to really understand the specifics around this but i'm going to go ahead and say it in case anybody's interested the nodal axis is known as the destiny line, and it's the path in of intersection in the zodiac of the orbit of um, the moon and the earth and the sun. And so as an evolutionary astrologer, the, the nodal axis is essential because it creates all the eclipses and has to do with the evolution of the soul. So anytime we're having an eclipse, basically, what we can understand is that we're in a time of acceleration of the soul path. And so if we know that everything in the zodiac and the stars and the planets are all a metaphor to what's going on in our process in, uh, in our own personal psychological lives, they're not doing something to us, we're in this dance together, then if we can think about an eclipse, what happens? There's a disappearance of the light. And so literally that's sort of the experience that we have down here on the planet is that temporarily our ego function is suspended. The lights go out. We aren't necessarily in control of things the way that we normally are. Um, Big changes happen. Whatever energy is present during an eclipse window is accelerated. The good, the bad, and the ugly. This is a non-dual experience. The window is generally six weeks long. They usually come in pairs, a new moon, solar eclipse, and a full moon, lunar eclipse. The window is two weeks on each side of each event. So that means that tomorrow, with the full moon in Gemini, it is two weeks before our eclipse, which will happen on Christmas. Tomorrow opens the gate. And then so, yes, it's depending on where you live, December 25th, 26th, we have a new moon solar eclipse at four degrees capricorn so a a solar eclipse on which is a new moon um, is a huge new beginning it's a time of birth so like again cycles within cycles every new moon we have a chance to be reborn we have you know 13 moon cycles in a year when it's an eclipse new moon solar eclipse it's uh, the, uh, effects and the impact are much more massive and f- further reaching on a deeper soul evolutionary level. So eclipse window has to do with your deeper soul contract, karma, purpose, and what, uh, where you are on that journey. So with the lights out, the energies are destabilized. Um, As I said, it's an acceleration of of what's going on on the planet. I lost my dad and my brother both passed over in eclipse windows because they were already on their way out, so it sped that up. If you've been someone who's been working some projects and seeding some things, and bam, they might come into fruition. You might have a meeting with someone that changes the course of your life forever. Those moments where the the potency of what's happening has um, deeper and more meaningful experience than just a chance occurrence on a, a normal
1: day.
0: I'm glad you gave those examples because I was going to ask you, like, what kinds of things could happen?
1: But, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Santa could bring you a wonderful gift on Christmas, <laughs> or you could get a big lump of coal. It remains to be seen. Uh-huh.
2: Well, what's funny about that is that then we look at, well, what signs are the eclipses in? That gives us deeper, more meaning and information. And... We are dancing with the Cancer and Capricorn axis in with this this eclipse season, and that is the axis of family <laughs> and the parents. Cat Saturn is is generally referred to as the father, and this cancer is the nourishing mother. And because what we understand is that um, the energies bring sort of Surprise and shock, and you know, destabilization or or, or excitement um, to have that happening at Christmas is going to make for an interesting holiday.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, because that's a time when everyone's together too. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, this could be interesting. <laughs> right.
2: Right. And it's but it's really a beautiful, beautiful um, opportunity. So again, to look at cycles of time, the nodal axis, which is creating the eclipses takes 18 years to go around the zodiac so that means that only once in 18 years will we be going through this same of cancer capricorn so if you want to look at the themes of what are we on a deeper evolutionary level working with we look at 2000 the year 2000 that's whenever we had the beginning of the cancer capricorn polarity And then there was an opposition in 2009 so you can think for yourself so if we think about this axis of the masculine and the feminine the mother and the father um, what does that bring up it's about our our emotional body it's about our home and family it's about our upbringing even our ancestral uh, lineage the patterns the wounds that we carry with us that you know are, are still potentially a hang-up or or a part of the projection of the reality we're living because we still have healing to do and then we take it to the the macro level and we look at oh go ahead
0: sorry so so you you mentioned 2000 and then 2009 so can you do that in astrology since these things happen again and again in cycles you can go back and look at your life during that time and see the similar yes Patterns yes. and energy that was happening for you at that yeah. time, and expect that again?
2: Yeah, well, you ask yourself, what was up for me? And mm-hmm. then you look at your life and say, wow, okay, this is up for me again. However, I'm not at the same place that I was. And where am I on my evolutionary journey? And what adjustments do I need to make? Or what, like, you know, sh- do we need to shed another layer of skin? You know, as we know, it's all death and rebirth. We're constantly regenerating, which happens to the process of descent into. Our unconscious or descent into our shadow realm or to the uncomfortable places in our being in order to let go of something and so that we can be kind of put back together or in the in the sort of ascension terms so we can ascend to a, a more pure a higher vibration by vibrational state which just brings us more flow happiness fulfillment peace ease the things that you know
1: we're all seeking that's why I find it really helpful to keep a journal <clears throat> Because so, especially nowadays, so much is going on. Like, again, when I just look at this year, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that and there was that and there was that in January or whatnot. And so when you have all of these journals, I do go actually, I go back and I look at, at what was happening back then in my life and see if I can understand those themes. And some people say, oh, that's a lot of work. But I think, oh, it's a lot more work to not get the lesson and have to uh, learn it again or come back in next lifetime and learn it
2: yeah yeah you're definitely committed warrior style to your path. <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> if For only sure. i liked to write then i would do that <laughs> so um so yeah and i mean this pertains also to this um because you know we're talking about this all these outer planets right in capricorn and moving towards aquarius in 2020 and we're 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 really like it's very much in the zeitgeist about the patriarchy, the patriarchy, and the women needing to rise and to, to honor the divine feminine principle and all of that. And we're doing such good work, but then we have to look again and remember nothing is outside of us. If we're if this is the collective projection of where we are evolutionarily, that means that there's work inside each of us to rebalance these very energies, the masculine, the feminine principle. And that was sort of a download that I got when I was in. Um, on sort of a pilgrimage in the south of France in this spring and I was went and followed some of the Magdalene, you know, trail and I was I was literally meditating in one of her caves and I got that message very clearly that there's an inner patriarchy and 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 I got to like look at you know, how do I override my own feminine principle with my internal masculine? And as a single mother, I do it all the time, feeling like I have to be out in that rat race. I have to be manifesting. I have to be, you know, like forward thinking as opposed, which is masculine traits instead of being in my feminine, natural energetic state, which is receptivity and magnetizing that, which I'm trying to create in a place of yielding and and relaxation and that's a lot of internal reorganization on s- deep, subtle energetic levels that I'm I'm really aware that I'm needing to focus.
1: Yeah, I think you know, regardless of whether we identify as male or female, that's a, a theme that I'm talking to my clients about all the time. Is our own inner feminine and our own inner masculine both have to be healed, and each person will need to see for themselves um, where that dynamic is and and how that wound can be healed, but. But yeah, I really do think that we all have it because otherwise, we're enlightened basically. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we exactly. feel whole. Um, whatever you know is still wounding us fits in some way in in that polarity um, to be healed.
2: And that's where relationships become so powerful because then you know we we get an opportunity we we attract someone into our field that's going to reflect parts of ourselves that either. Um, we can't see ourselves, or that are the polarity of something that may be out of balance in us, and that's where, like, a lot of the deep work that I like to do with people um, derives is in the relational dance. And so, so here we are at this gate, this eclipse gate, you know, starting tomorrow. So the energies you'll start starting to feel the themes of the eclipse season whenever the gate opens, you know, with this full moon tomorrow. And it's just this invitation to to go inward. So how to work with an eclipse is to slow down, to be more introspective, to be more reflective, and to pay attention to signs. Because as I said, big things come in, big things happen. Um, and because we're dancing with Cancer Capricorn, we're, it's in, in an eclipse season, it's always more emotional anyway. Um, to honor that which is coming up so this is again this is this is how you work this um imbalance of the the masculine the feminine and the the patriarchy and you know the feminine principle on an internal level we don't want to override our emotional process because we have because it's irrational and we have to get to work and we don't have time for that you know that's where we're all looking at what is our relationship to our emotional body and do we have a, a healthy flow of allowing that feminine energy to move through when it comes up? And is there is there a stockpile of residue from material that has not been processed um, during eclipses, and especially in a Cancer Capricorn eclipse that might be coming up? Or are we on the other end of the spectrum? It's different for everyone. Um, and are we just letting the emotional realm rule our life? And maybe we need to become more Capricornian and a little bit more um, focused on being in service in the world and and working instead of just letting the emotional storm you know rule our, our existence so this is an example of how there's a pendulum with opposites that we're trying to again find integration so We will expect that uh, for the next six weeks, we'll be working with some of that material. So as I said, the first eclipse is the new moon, solar eclipse at Christmas. Two weeks later will be the full moon, lunar eclipse in Cancer. And that's on January 10th. And that's gonna be a very actually powerful eclipse. The one on Christmas feels very buoyant. It's conjunct Jupiter, which again is about expansion and, you know, Santa Claus. And I mean, we're, <laughs> think we're, we're lucky that the one on Christmas is actually feels a little bit more um, harmoniously aspected by the other planets. The one on the 10th, however, is the, the full moon is always a full moon is emotional time, right? It's the fullness of the moon is bringing up all the unresolved emotional material from the unconscious. It's opposing the stellium of Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter in Capricorn. So I've already probably said enough about um, the sort of uh, gravitas of these planets opposing a full moon on a lunar eclipse. It's a huge time of, um, I just feel this sort of uh, um, eruption of emotional material potentially coming up of anything that has been repressed anything that we've been in denial of it's a karmic time again as we're talking about eclipses are always about our karma and our dharma so really you know the invitation here is to not sweep anything under the carpet take this opportunity understanding that we have a chance to take a quantum leap on our evolutionary path turn towards it whatever that might be um and make space for that and again You know, you look at the patterns, like what have I been working with in in this since, Can say 2012, or we can say the year 2000. You know, it's different for everyone, and this is where astrology is quite complex, but if you can work with someone in your own personal birth chart, it actually um, can bring focus to more specifically how it's affecting you in your life, because the eclipses will fall somewhere in your chart that gives more information. So you would, for example, the solar eclipse at four degrees Capricorn, you'd look on your birth chart and say, well, where is four degrees Capricorn in my chart? Where's this new moon, solar eclipse, birth of a new cycle happening? Oh, it's in my my 10th house of career. Oh, wow, okay, so that means that I should take that leap out of this job. I should start that business. You know, this is where you have free will, but the energies are lining up, in a certain direction you may you find alignment with the planets right yeah. like you said you know you're you're gonna uh, go on a vacation where it's gonna be raining you're either gonna take a raincoat or you're gonna choose to go somewhere else you know if you mm-hmm. know what's coming and that's the power of astrology right there
0: yeah I, I like that advice that you gave a little earlier where um, you said essentially you should look at yourself you should like take this time take this opportunity really to examine what's happening in your life and do the work. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's really good advice because so many people I know aren't living the way that you and Tiana live where you do have this self reflective, um, point of view. And I think that things could be so much, I don't know, I want to say easier, but I mean maybe so much more like the things that are happening to them could take on a certain level of importance if they would take the time to look at themselves. And I, you know, I've recently started, not recently, but you know, maybe over the last couple of years or so, started looking at my life that way. And it's not and I'm not just going through the motions anymore, even though that not that much has really changed, you know, outwardly. I still go to my job, I still come home, I still have my family. Everything's like that is the same, but it's dramatically different on the inside mm-hmm. because I'm looking at what's happening to me and my thoughts and and just my life in general in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually doing the work. I'm starting to do the work and you know, it just takes on this like almost like important quality, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, So I I felt like that was a really good advice that you're giving. And then also how you were saying that, yeah, maybe, you know, all these uh, cycles are occurring astrologically, but, they impact each person in a little bit different way. So it's nice to know like how that's gonna impact you. And that's what I got from, from going to the reading with you. And I thought that was really a great thing that you do for people.
2: Yeah, thank you very much, it's, it's so true. Um, you know, just just knowing your birth chart is, I mean, I'll never forget the first real reading that I had it wasn't until my 30th birthday. And I knew that day that I was to be an astrologer and I was already, um, you know, doing healing work, but the doorway into the deepest crevices of our being is right there in the chart. And that day that the astrologer was able to explain to me um, and sort of redefine all the intensity that I had been through in my life in a way that was... Um, empowering and actually helped me understand it was it was actually a part of my gifts and a part of my um, my power was to go through all of these things that that now I understand were really like initiations you know into darkness or intensity or loss trauma, all these things that I could have otherwise felt very victimized by And what I've really woken up to you know since then and and through a lot of other means is is that, And really, which is a basic understanding of evolutionary astrology, is that we are co-creating our existence. There is no room for feeling victimized by life. Even in some of the most challenging and difficult experiences from my belief system and my work on this higher spiritual level, we are sort of in cahoots with, with, with God to create the very dramas in our life that reveal that which needs to be healed. And that comes through, unfortunately, contrast and pain. We don't just wake up in the morning and think, oh, I think it's a good day to grow or change, <laughs> you know? I wish it were that easy.
1: <laughs> I like how you both um, so how you both explained um, that the tool of astrology. And I also like Tim how you explained um, how how this self awareness and introspection shifted the way that you experience life. Your life didn't change. But the way that you experience it changed, And that's how you became empowered through becoming more introspective or self-aware. And I really like this theme of empowerment. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people will take astrology and feel very afraid and disempowered. Like, oh my God, this energy is coming in. This is going to happen. Because I have heard a lot about 2020 being the year of karma, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that um, karma is going to be served. And that can sound very scary. But again, just this idea that um, by paying attention within ourself, we can choose how to navigate that. And then, it's, I don't know, it reminds me of like, I travel solo, and I go out. And and so there's just a lot of unknowns in my trip, and there's going to be a lot of things that change. I can't micromanage and plan it all, but I have a lot of uh, confidence in myself that I can navigate that. So I'm not afraid of that. I, I like that piece. I don't really want all of my trip to be micro-planned. That just that's not very fun. So I know that when I go, go, there's a lot of unknowns. And I I get excited about that and I look forward to that and I believe in myself and there'll be points on the trip where I'll feel totally overwhelmed and I don't know how I'm going to get, you know, from here to there, um, but it always works out. And then I look back and I feel really great about it. And I feel like that's sort of what astrology is kind of offering up to us and um, self-reflection is offering up to us.
2: It's true. So, you know, when I hear Tim, you're saying that, you know, your life has changed dramatically because you have actually turned inward Mm -hmm. and started doing like, quote unquote, the work, which, of course, looks different for everyone. But then it's actually not different. It's the same because it's really about facing the truth of ourselves, um, facing the truth of our motivations, of our um, where we're aligning our consciousness, you know, what's most important to us and from my experience whenever i started doing the work you know and mine came through a lot of hard knocks you know it's kind of like forced it's like oh you can go down this road to hell or (laughs) um (laughs) um magic starts happening you know whenever you find alignment with source like tiana's you know referring to her the flow of her vacation wow it's unlimited possibility and i really want to bring that as far as like looking into 2020 that those people that have been building that foundation, right, that have been finding alignment and integrity with their path and have allowed whatever death to happen needed to, whether it be a marriage or a job or an addiction or um, whatever whatever it is for you specifically, this Jupiter higher consciousness is coming in and saying, this is the year you're going to make it real. This is the year where the integration can happen of the above and the below capricorn earth which is resources it's 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 our day-to-day you know experience um sagittarius is this you know more the spiritual realm It's we really have been working this sort of um slow integration of these opposites and these polarities that really is feeling like we have this real opportunity to tap into um this this energy that's creative and that is is not just in our mind and, and this utopian vision of some reality and that is not woo woo and it's not far-fetched that we can actually have a harmonious creative um life that we can enjoy and and create more space for experience and and expression and con- connection with people and with community And so I think you know probably it's important to start talking a little bit about the the actual aspects of 2020. Um, So you know right out of the gate, you know into the new year, come January, we're still in the eclipse portal, right? So that's just going to make for an interesting beginning because there's going to be a lot of change and things are being reshuffled. You won't be able. It's 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 common that you can't see what's going on during the eclipse window. So remember that. Don't try to define too much right now. The lights are out, right? Well, the, the, so there's the sort of more intense, impactful lunar eclipse, full moon on January 10th. January 12th is the exact conjunction. Conjunction means together, same exact degree in the sky of Pluto and Saturn. So as I told you, they've been moving towards each other. Pluto's been there since 2018. Saturn came in and has been slowly catching up because it moves faster. Than Pluto, right? You're Saturn. talking
0: about when you look up in the sky, you mm-hmm. can see them this way. Okay. Exactly.
2: And so Saturn actually has only a 28-year orbit. People hear about their Saturn return. That's when it comes back to where it was in your birth chart when you were born 28 years later. Then you have your second Saturn return when you're 56, which is about coming into your sort of crone ship or your eldership. So now that Saturn's going to come, it's sort of this like hitting critical mass with these patterns that we've been slowly working, right? Of like death of the old, integrity, alignment, you know. Um so January 12th is the exact conjunction. We're already in the energy. It's sort of like the the frog in the boiling pot of water, you know, I'm sure you've heard that analogy. It's like if you put a frog, you know, and throw it into a hot pot of boiling water, it will jump out, you know, but if you put it in a cold bo- Water and you turn it on and it slowly heats up and slowly heats up. It's just like oh 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 God, I'm you know I'm dying. It's too late. I can't get out of here. Um, I'm not trying to like
1: be fatalistic. Or anything. I always think it's funny that all these old expressions have to do with like harming animals. Yeah. Okay. I know. I Sad, say, but sorry. The, that's a bad example. No, no. It's um,
2: a good. But I guess my metaphor. point. My point is that like it's it's important to think like oh on January 12th it's going to be this huge thing. It's possible. It absolutely could be. And the energies will be very intense that weekend because we have the eclipse and we have it. The... but the the themes we're already in them, okay? So they're just sort of reach, reaching this pinnacle. Expect around that weekend for things to be quite interesting. Um the invitation is just to be intentional. Like I'm hosting an event out at my retreat center all weekend long. We're going to do a ceremony. We're going to dance. We're going to, you know, name our intentions for this new year in accordance to the astrology. Um, we're actually going to be doing combo, which is a, a, a medicine from the Peruvian jungle that helps people to detox from emotional toxicity, physical uh, ailments. So if you're in Austin and you're interested in that, you can reach out. Um, so that's right out of the gate in January. And then the eclipse portal will close on january 24th which is two weeks after the lunar eclipse right i said they're six weeks long at the aquarius new moon i find it interesting that it's aquarius new moon right it's like um this sort of like peeking into this Aquarian, where you know these these themes of aquarius right which which again i keep saying this is the larger cycle And what we're moving towards at the end of 2020, I'm going to jump up there for just a moment, on the winter solstice, December 21st, Jupiter, the planet of expansion and higher consciousness, and Saturn, integrity, alignment, they come together at zero degrees Aquarius, which means they officially move out of Capricorn together and into Aquarius together at the same time at zero degrees Aquarius. This feels like... The true plunge into the Aquarian Age, to me, and I mean it's controversial to Aquari to astrologers. You know, when it's kind of like trying to discern when when the sun rises. You know, is it is it when you see the the glow coming up, or is it when you actually the sun is already there? You know, the energies are present, but the fact that these two outer planets are actually moving into the sign of Aquarius feels like okay, it's on, right? So this this closing up of the new moon feels like it's sort of this pre- precipitating of this energy that's culminating for 2020, and you know it's interesting. I'll go ahead and just just say a little bit more about this uh, moving into the Aquarian Age at the end of the year. Or the sign of Aquarius is that Aquarius is an air sign, so we're moving from Earth Capricorn, which is like everything we've been talking about foundation resources, um, you know um, root systems, into air which is, you know, Aquarius, again, higher mind, levity, um, you know, capacity to tap into higher vibrations, you know, people who are on this path of, and we all have this um, potential to become more in tune psychically and spiritually, you know, and so bringing these heavy outer planets into this higher vibrational state is evolution saying oh wow we are all kind of moving up and out of the density we have opportunity to move more towards this sort of unitive consciousness that's is, there's that is not just theory anymore that was in you know, we talked about in the 60s it's actually we're getting more we're getting closer to actualizing this reality so between you know january and december there's some other pretty important things going on that i was going to talk about if you guys are still open for that
0: yeah definitely yeah go ahead
2: okay so uh let's see here april so jupiter and again planet. I always think about a good way to remember the energy of Jupiter is it's the largest planet. Most people know that, right? So you can just always remember that it brings expansion, opportunities. It's known as the Great Benefic. It brings blessings it's not good astrology to say like oh i'm having a jupiter transit everything's all good because really if we look at things in a non-dual way we understand that if there's sometimes going to be expansion that means that something has to be taken away in order to bring this new window of opportunity right so sometimes you can experience things that on an ego level feel like pain or loss but it's always with the evolutionary benefit of you in the long run right so Jupiter, highest, uh, higher expansion energies, will come into conjunction with Pluto. So a minute ago, I was talking about Saturn and Jupiter. Now I'm talking about Pluto and Jupiter. They're coming together at 24 degrees Capricorn on April 5th. So in 24 degrees Capricorn is my north node, which, Tiana, um, you and I are, uh, birthdays are in the same year, so it's, Pretty close to yours as well. Maybe another degree off. This is just a little personal side note. It means it's personal to us because our north node is our soul's karmic destiny point. So Jupiter and Pluto for everyone in the sky is coming together. So again, Jupiter is going to expand Pluto. They're coming together. So it's like their energies are going to be holding hands. What is Pluto? Pluto is the dark mother. It's the uh, process of empowerment through the death and rebirth uh,
1: process of life. So does that mean... (laughs) that I'm trying to process this so death and rebirth might be a a huge theme transformation yeah let's just call it
2: transformation I think that there's a lot of stigma around death and when I say death I'm I I look at death as an illusion and so I I don't want to put any kind of negative connotation into this alignment Although I wouldn't um, say that there's it's not possible that there will be some change, which sometimes looks like loss. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, the two of them coming together is to enhance this Plutonian energy, which is actually about power. It's about um, it has also to do with our sexuality. Uh, You know, our creative life force is our sexual energy, right? And so if we're talking about um, Pluto, we're talking about the creative life force and the, and the power of regeneration that comes through the flow of that, um, that current, the sexual current. So there can be an explosion of creativity. Um, again, this all comes back to where are people on their path? Are they doing their inner work? If they've been escaping, running, hiding, denying, projecting, Pluto and Jupiter might come in and be like, bam. You know, I'm going to slam you with a death, meaning something is going the rug might get pulled out from under your feet. Uh-huh. Or if you've been someone that's been diligent and, you know, being in integrity with yourself and your life, then there could be this 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 huge growth and opportunity of taking on more power. And when we think about power, we, 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 we this is a time of redistribution of power. That's what's going on in the government. If, if the people who have the power are out of integrity, that's going to be revealed. We need the people who are in t- integrity, spiritually, emotionally, to have the power. And what is power? You know, power is the creative force that, you know, If we, what are we going, what do we want to create collectively or personally? So this conjunction is going to happen three times in uh, 2020 because the planet's retrograde. Um, you know, same with the Saturn and Pluto. They're gonna come together, you know, more than once. And so the whole year will have these themes. This is just the moment that it's exact. So so that's another big um, moment to to kind of reflect upon and what does that mean for you. And then we can, I was gonna talk a little bit about the retrogrades this year. So we, retrogrades um, are when a planet is perceived to be going in reverse in the sky. Well, logic says that's not possible, right? And it's not actually literally what's going on. And and the best way to understand a retrograde is like, you know, pretending you're in uh, in a car on the highway and you're zooming down the highway and you're looking out your window to the left and you pass another car. It's an optical illusion that that car on the left looks like it's going backwards. So that's what's going on with the planets when they're retrograde, is that the Earth is speeding up so that it appears like the planet that's in retrograde is going backwards. But the mysterious thing is that it actually has this direct effect on us down here where the energies kind of um, are suspended and are sort of in this wonky sort of non-forward-moving linear fashion that they normally are. So,
1: Are retrogrades always times when we should... Be looking back and yes and, okay reviewing so, and remembering
2: yes that's it. that's exactly it the rewords retrograde review renew reevaluate it's a time to press pause on the forward movement of that energy and to to look at how it's going because it's so easy we get on the hamster wheel and we just go 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 it's like wait a minute where am I going am I even in alignment so then we look at what planets in retrograde and whatever the energies of that specific planet are the, is the theme of what we're reviewing, reevaluating, <laughs> all those things, right? So so most people have heard of Mercury retrograde. Well, Mercury, you know, is such a fast moving planet. It retrogrades every year three times for three weeks. So I'm not gonna go into that very much, okay? But But only every once every other year does Venus and Mars retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of like, oh, not again, right? So yeah, May 13th through June 25th, Venus will retrograde in Gemini. It's about
1: s- six weeks. So yeah, <laughs> this is a personal question. But my Venus is in Gemini and it was retrograde in my birth chart. Does that impact me differently or? Okay, so then you'll be in your Venus return because it's returning back to where it was when you were born. And is that, I guess I was going to say, is that a good thing? But I guess not, nothing is a good thing or a bad yes. thing. It just depends. Great. Yeah. It's, we're
2: living in, in a non-dual. Pers- we're trying to be non-dual here. That's, what, that's <laughs> uh-huh. our, our goal. Now, we'll talk about it and yeah. it see how that feels. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we're talking about a Venus retrograde, Venus rules relationships. And it's essentially always primary to look about your relationship to yourself so then it's like, oh, relationship to self. Okay, then we can think back to the eclipse time. Like, oh, the relationship with my masculine and my feminine. The relationship to, like, you know, is self-love and self-worth and self-value. And, and do I have an inner lover? And am I always seeking outside of myself? And do I feel worthy? And all that stuff, it's totally loaded. And then relationships with others, obviously. So it also rules money and finances, uh, which is something that can, can be affected. So basically during a venus retrograde cycle it is a time where whatever's been sort of brushed under the carpet in the relationship domain it cannot be brushed under the carpet anymore it's time to air out the dirty closet and pull out the dirty laundry and so it's very common that relationship issues erupt um talk about like in a, 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 a relationship new relationship coming in during venus retrograde it's very common that an old lover comes back into your life it's so weird it always happens like somebody will contact you from high school or or you'll if you meet somebody new it can feel like i've known this person before like from a past life it's generally sort of the understanding that people relationships that start during venus retrograde aren't necessarily going to be the longevity most stable i don't want to make that a blanket statement because there's there's nothing that's that's like that in astrology but that's just sort of the consensus um but during that window it's just the time to you know again we have to look even at our relationships as a constant cycle of growth and evolution which comes through guess what death and rebirth you hit plateaus you fall asleep together you know you change you grow you have to be checking in, you know? I mean, I love, like, my therapist, every year on their anniversary, they go away. She says, we get really drunk, and we, act, and we see if we want to stay married. We, all, we, th- we throw everything out on the table from the whole year, <laughs> <That's>, oh, <wow.
1: laughs> and
2: they sort it out, and they've been re- renewing every single year. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, brave. It's totally brave, and it should. It keeps it fresh instead of, like, oh, together forever, amen, till death do us part. You know? I mean, no. I mean, that's not evolution that's where we we fall asleep very easily in relationships and we keep each other stuck so you know people who are really committed to their evolutionary path will constantly be checking in with that mirror reflection knowing that they're just there we're there essentially as um, partners to help each other grow and evolve and that takes doing the work right so so rolling up the sleeves during re- venus retrograde it's in gemini um gemini you know if there's some levity to gemini gemini is the um, archetype of the communicator so it has to do with communication so that's going to be the a main theme you know are we communicating well have we been holding things in do we need to take some communication courses you know um it also rules like kind of like your social uh, social dimensions of your life it could be like wow we never go out anymore like what's up like maybe we just start doing some things new um and during the actual retrograde it's this time of review and then when it goes direct it's you know it's beautiful because there's this reboot opportunity this renewal you know that can happen or some relationships will be like this is just this is we've come to a, a dead end here you know and that's all, always a possibility so then, um, we're going to go through another eclipse season uh, in the summer. So this will be the last eclipse season in Cancer Capricorn. So as I said, you know, cycles, right? So so the nodal axis is in a, a pair of signs, opposite signs, for a period of a year and a half. So before Cancer Capricorn, we were in Leo Aquarius. This will be the last. Um, uh, experience of the eclipses being in in this axis the solar eclipse which is the new moon birth of a new cycle is at zero degrees cancer on june 21st then the lunar eclipse is which is the full moon is in capricorn on july 5th and i i forgot to get the degree on that um and then again the eclipse window is six weeks so it actually means that All of June and most of July, we will be again in the eclipse window. Uh, And part of that's going to be crossing over with the Venus retrograde, which is going to be interesting because, again, we're talking about the emotional wounds. Those are, you know, going to surface in relationships. And so that's probably going to be a real opportunity for people to look at how they're projecting onto their partner. Um, we do that, you know, uh, you know, we unconsciously play out the the dramas of our parent parental experience of childhood. I mean, it's so common. I don't care how enlightened you are. You know, it's just this, these are these unconscious mechanisms that we that we end up finding ourselves in bringing the consciousness to it and, and owning those projections is where the power lies. Um, so I think that that's probably going to be like a real opportunity for people to do some beautiful healing during that window and then. Mars will retrograde. Any questions about that before I move on to the fall? No, I like
1: how you worded it in a really positive way. Mm -hmm. This opportunity to do some beautiful healing Mm -hmm. sounds nice. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, I I do look at it like that. I actually really that is my my belief system, and it's it's my experience. Sometimes (laughs) Um, it doesn't mean that it's not difficult and not and not painful, but the rewards are. Finding that flow, you know, I mean, I really look at things sort of, it's my Aquarian rising, right? I'm very futuristic. Uh, I have Aquarius, zero degrees Aquarius rising. So those planets are going to show up right on my ascendant. Um, that I see the patterns of things instead of taking it so personally. Um, and, and what I understand is that, you know, our wounds are, um, ag- again, connected to our power. Because it's in the process of shining the light on those wounds and sort of dissolving what for me feels like just an obstruction to the flow of love. It's a contraction, an energetic contraction in the being, in the body. Um, When we're able to turn towards that and to unravel that, and there's lots of ways to do that. And for me, a lot of my work is aligned around embodiment work, yoga and dance it doesn't have to be this really scary thing. It's the resistance to it that causes the obstruction and the pain. This is like a very Buddhist philosophy, is like pain and suffering comes from attachment and resistance to what is. That if we actually can just, in warrior style, like look at like what's underneath the surface, there's a natural, I feel, healing and evolutionary current available for us to unravel these things. It's, it's the n- denial of them or the, uh, the, you know, the escape from that causes the pain and creates more issues and more p- problems really at the end of the day. So that's why it's so powerful during a retrograde cycle or an eclipse cycle. Like, okay, I've got six weeks to just like look at my shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, get some therapy, or go on a go on an overnight excursion with your partner, and say, "Let's just let's just take this this window of time to like be in a different space together, and be speak to each other from a from a soul perspective, and, so, and get
1: really drunk and arrow yourself <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, and then have lots of sex, and then I'll come back reborn. <laughs> and sex is a transformative agent, I fully believe. So. So then comes the fall, and Mars will go retrograde in Aries. Mars rules Aries. Um, Mars is the warrior. So Venus is the lover. Mars is the warrior. So we'll do our Venus retrograde dance, and then we're going to come in and we're going to look at our Mars, our Aries energy. And so that is about um, what is what is masculine energy. It's it's about purpose. It's about energy moving out. It's the create. It's the creation. Um, you know, energy. And so, when it's retrograde, it's kind of like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? What, am I? What is all my energy going towards? At the end of the day, I mean, it's just so easy to just be in our rapid routine and the days and the weeks and the gosh, here it is, Christmas, and wow, am I in alignment with higher higher will? So, I think that for me, in a Mars retrograde cycle, it's about the assessment or the review of is my personal will mars in alignment with higher will and you know my personal experience is 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 i'm kind of like all over the place i'm doing this 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 and this and it's like wow okay maybe i need to um focus like what's most efficient use of my masculine energy you know where does spirit really want to use me where am i making the most impact and how am I also generating a, a reciprocity in the in the energy to be able to support myself and my family. So there's this sort of reevaluation of why are you getting out of bed in the morning and what are you what, what where are you shooting your arrow? And so that's going to be September 9th through November 4th and it's going to square Mars will be squaring like three times I think during that time. Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto, the heavy hitters, right, in Capricorn. So it's a square, remember, is a conflict. So it's going to be like Mars is like, okay, where am I going? What do I want to do? And it's like going to be looking at integrity and have you done your shadow work and what are your belief systems, Jupiter, and is all how are all these things working together in order to make you an effective um, manifester, Mars warrior, you know, pioneering something in your life. What is your contract? What is... Your purpose? Are you living it? And what parts of yourself still need another, like you know, another shedding of another layer of skin? I mean, it's it's pretty ongoing. But when we're really committed to doing our work, the work gets easier. It really does. I mean, it becomes more subtle, and and I think just
0: being aware of what the work is. Yeah. Does make it easier. Sure, yeah. sure. Because at that point, then you know what to do. I mean, you just have exactly. to do it
2: exactly. Yeah. And that's where again astrology is so powerful. So working with someone who can help you to understand your soul blueprint is a huge leap forward as far as that you know. And I mean, intuitively, I think people know. But it's validating to see that, oh, this was written in the stars when I was born. And this is beyond this one lifetime. This is something that I've been working on for multiple lifetimes. Wow, I better get with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's in the fall. And then, you know, the, then the last main huge thing I've already spoken about is the December 21st winter solstice, you know, entry of Jupiter and Saturn into Aquarius. And... You know, there's just, I think this Aquarian cycle or focus is gonna bring more um, emphasis on culture, on progress, on innovation, global emancipation, and freedom from the destructive and toxic systems. Um, you know, we're moving, I think, more and more towards this sort of collapse of of, of it being just about greed. And you're seeing more and more conscious uh, businesses showing up and, and more and more conscious, People wanting to get into the system in the government, you know, Marianne Williamson, it's like th- th- this is huge progress, you know. Um, and so I think that we're just going to be, the, these Aquarian, this new paradigm is going to be taking more front and center stage. Um, in 2020, it's going to definitely be a time where um, all this we've been working towards, like since 2010, hasn't a real opportunity to solidify to actually become something real like for example we've been working on building this this retreat center for years i really feel it's really finally got its roots down in the ground because we've been able to just take that higher vision and continue to do the daily work that it takes it's not like wishful thinking like watching the secret like oh i i (laughs) I dreamt and i believed and i did a vision board and then it happened (laughs) you know it's it's like you have to actually do the grunt work the day-to-day you know practices and and all those things
1: that's all that capricorn energy for next year right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2020 it sounds like a very powerful year and my really like overview, <laughs> broad stroke, which I guess is always true, but what I really hear is like, if I had to think of one thing, it's um, pay attention and do your inner work yes. and, and you'll get through it. Okay.
2: Absolutely. I think that's great analysis.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the year of it's about time, you know, mm-hmm. all these things are kind of starting to happen and that we've always known needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're going to start happening. So
2: yeah and i mean again with capricorn it's it's being an internal integrity but it's also feet on the ground i mean it's it's the mountain goat one step at a time up the mountain it's not wishful thinking it's not um you know it's not just uh riding on a wing in a prayer it's actually you know for example you know out at lotus bend it's like wow like it's like moving rocks and it's like digging pipes and it's like cleaning bathrooms. It's, you know, I have people that want to come out there and be a part of things and they have all these like grandiose ideas about, you know, being a priestess. And it's like, I'm like, well, do you clean toilets? You know, (laughs) because this is part of it, you know, this is sort of like this integration, you know? And, and I mean, I'm kind of being, I'm being funny about that, but it's, there's, there's something really real about the Capricorn energy is saying that it is about, the earth and the rolling up your sleeves and doing the hard work and then you receiving the benefits the jupiterian benefits of of this higher flow and creative energy that's available
0: yeah well thank you so much for coming on and telling us all this and sharing all the great information
1: um tell us about the cosmic cafe
2: Oh, I think it's a great. great
1: way for people to to yeah. hear regularly Thanks. the kind of thing that you are giving us today.
2: Yeah. I'm super excited about it. I started it last year, last January, and it was a great success. It's a monthly, once a month, online webinar style um, group that always meets the Thursday before the new moon where I kind of do what I'm doing here. I, I go into detail about the archetypes we're dancing with that month so what does it mean that the sun is in capricorn and that the the full moon is going to be you know in cancer we go deep into the archetype the mythology around it and then i also will touch on that month's specific transits so for example if we're in the month where venus is retrograde we're going to go deep into that and then at the end i tell everybody where the new moon and the full moon falls in their chart and we actually end the call with a little bit of a a ritual where people can name their intentions for the month so it's kind of cool because it's it's like partially partially um teach teaching but then it's also experiential it's personal so it's personal coaching on how these things translate into your own life and then you know i'm a big believer in the power of um ceremony and ritual and so to kind of uh journey with each other through the 12 13 lunar cycles and to mark through our intentions and our our process and to share that in a community space has been really really cool, um, and and it's it's crafted really towards beginners slash intermediate enthusiasts. So it's it's really you know part of my work and passion is to translate and to empower people to to really know that they can just learn a little bit about astrology and have it really really benefit their life.
0: Awesome. So how do people sign up or find it?
2: Yeah, great. Um, my website, which is ShannonLeeGill.com and it's L-E-I is my middle name. My parents were, I think, smoking a lot. <laughs>
0: that
2: doesn't really spell Lee, but okay, it spells Leigh. Uh, ShannonLeeGill.com and I, um, I'm also running a special this month on readings, um, Soul Blueprint readings, which is a complete analysis of the birth chart. And a transit uh, aspect as well, which is like what's going on this year for you. And we, we would look at 2020, and it's a 20% off discount if if it's purchased during the eclipse window, which is starting tomorrow and going through January 10th. And those can also awesome. be purchased um, uh, on my website.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you again.
2: Yeah, you're so welcome. All right. And Thanks. Is there one more thing I could
0: yes. share? Yes.
2: Actually, I... I'm just one of those uh, weavers. Um, So I think I mentioned that I'm the director of Lotus Bend Sanctuary, which is a retreat center in South Austin, where we host all kinds of workshops, ceremonies, um, teachings. We also rent the space for anyone who may be looking for a venue. We have a sweat lodge and a labyrinth and eight acres. It's really spectacular. Um, And we uh, are hosting a, a big event for the eclipse on the January 10th, which is the lunar eclipse, it's gonna be an astrology lecture about the coming year, but it's also gonna be a sort of an activation and a ceremony and an ecstatic dance. That's so another huge part of my work and my passion is ecstatic dance. I, I feel that and I've experienced the, 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 the levity and the healing that can come from embodiment work and through, it's really an ancient shamanic practice of accessing the extraordinary states of consciousness through letting go of the mind and the thoughts and, and going on a journey. And so the, I create a lot of dance journeys for people. And in 2020, I'm going to be offering a lot more of those out at our retreat center, but also at a retreat center in San Marcos that's actually a huge cedar pyramid. It's going to be in there. It's going to be a temple-style cosmic dance. And the name of my dance is Rhythm Sanctuary. I founded it in 2005 in Boulder, Colorado, and seeded another dance in Denver in 2007, which still gets today over 200 people a week. So it's a pretty large movement that I've been um, a part of and really excited to step more into offering for the, um, the Austin, Texas community coming in the new year.
0: Oh, that sounds so great. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Shannon Gill for taking the time to talk with us and to share her knowledge and gifts with us. If you'd like to know more about Shannon, how to get in touch with her for a reading, to find out more about the Cosmic Café or Ecstatic Dance, you can find her online at ShannonLeeGill.com and Lee is spelled L-E-I. Or if you're interested in the retreat center, Lotus Bend Sanctuary, you can visit LotusBend.net. And before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast and to Tiana Roser for keeping this podcast interesting and going strong. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.